0: well good evening ladies and gentlemen this is the truckers podcast fyi i'm your host duck from ontario canada this is the 2nd of october 2022 at 8:30 p.m eastern standard time thank you for joining me Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've had a really good weekend. And of course, starting into a new week um, next week. Um, yeah, thanks for coming out. I mean, sometimes I do a morning show on, on Sundays and maybe an evening show. Um, I did want to try to get out this morning, but um, things beyond my control. Um, I wasn't able to do that, but here I am this evening at 8.30 p.m., and um, from time to time I have talked on the show um, you know, about um, mental health, the stigma surrounding mental health, and that it is a subject that should be talked about more often our mental health going through this pandemic and what it has done with people, you know, um, being overstressed, stressed, burnout and and things like that. But, you know, stigma is just, it's just that. It's stigma is considered is considered a mark of shame disgrace or disapproval from others as well as direct directed to oneself and it's a form of discrimination that many people with mental health issues struggle with and it's just sort of like you know We don't understand it. We're not the ones, you know, with a a mental health issue. Somebody has it, and we shame, or we, or you know, we we disapproval from others as as well. Thank you. Hey, trucker, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Chrissy, thanks for coming back on my show. Um, Stigma surrounding mental health, and it also is a form of discrimination that many people with mental health issues struggle with. Self-stigma occurs when an individual internalizes negative attitudes about their own mental health resulting in acceptance of poor treatment by others, negative coping strategies, secrecy, and withdraw. You're very welcome, Christy. Um uh, yeah, I remember that very first time that you had called in and, um, yeah, I, like i am always, you know, um, like I said before too, when, when people call in and we take a off topic, um, about what I wanted to talk to about and, and stuff like that. Um, people are more than welcome to do that. And I'm glad you did call in and, um, you know, um, listening to people, is, um, is very important. And, um, yeah, so Mental health, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, this pandemic, I mean, from the beginning of the pandemic going into the first year and everything like that, all the lockdowns, all the stay-at-home orders, you know, mask wearing, you know, um, people who worked in non-essential businesses, those businesses were closed down. Um, You know, it, it really hurt a lot of people. You know, so, but when it comes to stigma uh, of mental health, and people struggling with mental health issues often suffer because of stigma, and consequently, they may feel rejected by families, friends, colleagues, and the community as a whole. The impact of stigma also less likely to seek treatment, are often not employed or underemployed. Discrimination in the workplace prevents them from reaching full potentials and or or personal potential. They get a diminished self-worth, increased isolation and hopelessness. Family members also impacted with with, uh, stigma by association because it's somebody who's related to you. And they're also impacted with the stigma by association. So then we think that you also have a mental illness, which is not necessarily the case. Now I've talked about, you know, steps to take to stop stigma around mental health. And they always, one important thing that they always say and and do is talk about it. Mental health should be talked, I feel, and, and some professionals feel, that it should be talked about every day. But, I mean, we got a million things going on in our life, so it's something that, you know, we're not going to do every single day. We're not going to talk about mental health every single day. But from time to time again on my show, I bring this up. Have conversations that seek first to understand the lived experiences of, of persons with mental health issues. beware of your language that we use. Words have meanings and reflect attitudes and beliefs. Be careful um, of the objectiveness used to describe mental health. Be respectful in how you speak about individuals struggling with mental health issues. And always educate yourself. I mean, I look up mental health, mental health is um, illnesses and you know, trying to understand. Because I don't understand, you know, um, what types of mental health uh, that people are going through and in, in, in the, in the effects that it has on them, right? So I like to go and, and search these sort of things and read about these things, you know, and then, you know, because... A lot of people out there have or know somebody, whether it's a friend, a relative, a coworker, who is dealing with a mental health issue. include others inclusion counteracts the shame and the embarrassment that many people with mental health experiences including people in the family workplace and our community activity goes a long way uh, to bringing into bridging the gap think about you know becoming a mental health champion you know become an advocate for others By participating in workplace and community based mental health initiatives. Champion wellness by being a good role model for what is required to maintain positive mental health. Now, I was looking up um, one particular one um, today. It's a good thing I, you know, um, trying to find what um, I'm looking for. Her, I think this is the one right here that I pulled up today. Um, <clears throat> so, what is what is mental health? Mental health includes our emotional, psychological. And social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life from childhood to adolescence all the way through adulthood. And over the course of my life, your life, if you experience mental health problems, Your your thinking, your mood, and behavior could be affected. Many factors contribute to mental health problems, including biological factors, life experiences such as trauma or abuse, family history of, of mental health issues, Now, they talk about the early warning signs, and this one here really brought my my attention to um, not sure if you or somebody you know is living with a mental health problems. Experience one or more of the following feelings or behaviors can be an early warning sign of a problem. Eating or sleeping too much or too little. Pulling away from people and in, in your usual activities. Having low or no energy. Feeling numb or like nothing matters. Having unexplained aches and pains. Feeling helpless and hopeless. Smoking, drinking or using drugs more than usual. Yelling or fighting with family and friends. And mood swings. Having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head. I can pull out some of these things that I know of of someone who is going through some things. Eating and sleeping too much or too little, having low or no energy, having, um, having unexplained aches and pains, feeling unusually confused, um, forgetful, on edge, angry, upset, worried, or scared. And the inability to perform daily tasks or taking care of, of, of yourself, or, or something like that. Um, looking, you know, also looking for um, they, they keep looking for approval from you, right? For an example, you know, they they might say, you know, I'm really tired now. I want to go to bed. Do you think I should go to bed? Yeah, I think if you're tired, you go to bed. Um, maybe I'll go in bed in, in just a little bit. But I'm really tired. I want to go to bed right now. Do you think I can, Do you think I should go to bed? Or they'll be going on about um, dealing with, they're thinking they're having these aches and pains and, you know, Should I take a Tylenol? I took an Advil a little while ago. Can I take take a Tylenol now? Sure, you can take a Tylenol now. Well, maybe I'll do it later. But it's okay if I do take a Tylenol. Yeah, sure, take a Tylenol. I don't know. I've taken an Advil a little while ago. I don't know if I should take a Tylenol. Looking for your approval, but you're giving them your approval, but then they're not really sure, even though you gave them the approval to do something. even when you talk to people, you know, they, you know, uh, because now they're, you know, pulling away to a point where they're not really wanting to, you know, socialize. And, you know, they're still, you know, so when they're talking to you, you know, they'll be like, oh, I should, I should go out to, uh uh, to play cribbage tonight yeah you should that'd be that'd be really good for you I don't know I don't know if I should go play cribbage tonight you know people might think you know you know there's something wrong with me do you think I can go play cribbage tonight You know, at least these these things that I just, I, I I read to you, just picked out some of the things, um, it's, it's not me, right? It's, it's somebody that I know. Now, people who might experience these sort of feelings that, you know, ones that I picked out, you know, um, having that 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 uh, that that approval swing and and you know that they're they're feeling um, depressed about something and you know it could you know it could be something that you know uh they they lost their loved one because they passed away or they loved one is now have to live in a nursing home and now You know, you're living by yourself. And you've always had that acquaintance there every single day, you know, for 50, 60, 70 years. Now, all of a sudden, they're not there. And even though, you know, the individual just may be in a long-term care home. The reality is they're there because you, as the spouse, can't take care of them and they need that extra level of care. And even though the reality is that they're not coming home and it's really hard to deal with that and be able to cope. you know mental health and wellness and with you know you know going through you know going through this this um this pandemic you know it was very very stressful for a lot of people And it probably brought on a whole lot of um, anxiety. You know, and then, of course, you know, when you have all this anxiety because now you're one of the, the people out there who lost their job because you didn't work for an essential service. And you're not making a lot of money. You're making minimum wage. You're living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, here in Canada, um, you know, the government, you know, once we got, once they got the ball rolling, you know, to help people and like individuals and families, you know, um, by sending out um two thousand dollars a month until you know you you got your um employment insurance and then um you got back to work when things were able to open again but the government had a lot of programs out out, out there for Canadians And that, but still, the fact is, is that, you know, when you cannot socialize. And we are social creatures. And for some, and people who already have a mental illness of some sort. Now become isolated. They can't go out and visit. It becomes that more traumatic for them. Our mental health and our wellness, positive mental health allows people to realize their full potential, cope with stresses of life, work protect, uh, productivity, making meaningful contributions to their communities. It could be post-traumatic stress disorder. Could be bipolar. Could be schizophrenia. It could be the fact that too, like I've said that someone has passed away or now that loved one has to go to a long-term care home and now you find yourself alone. Even though in, in not all cases, but a lot of cases, people still have family, they have their kids. You know. And and, and as the children, we 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 can just, you know, offer um offer you, lend you lend you our ear. We're not healthcare professionals. You know, We can obviously, as human beings, we have empathy. And, you know, we can, you know, visit with you, try to help you. But there just may become a time that we have to say to ourselves, no, this family member or this individual, they really need to talk to a professional because their problems are far beyond our scope of helping them to help them deal with what they're going through understand what they're going through. Getting professional help if you need it. Connecting with others staying positive I mean it's that's a tough one. Getting physically active well I mean we have to you know we have to get to well, really these two points we have to get some, we have to get that person to hopefully staying positive you know and, 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 and staying physically active. you know because when somebody is depressed or, or have a lot of anxiety and they're not eating well, they're not sleeping well. You know, their mood swings are one day, at one moment, they're happy, then they're sad. You know, and then they're just looking for approval, even though they've made a a decision. They still want that approval. But then not fully accepting that approval and then asking for approval again. I can't go to sleep because my mind keeps racing. But is it okay? Is is it, is it okay to go to bed? Can not go to bed now? But my mind's racing. I I can't, I can't I can't go to bed right now. My mind's racing. Is it okay to go to bed? They they want that approval, but then they back off of it. And, of course, these are the things that, you know, professional people, you know, who work with with families and individuals who are experiencing, you know, mental health issues, you know, um, eventually getting getting them to connect with others, getting them to stay positive, getting them to be physically active. Helping them developing coping skills. And this doesn't happen. This just doesn't happen overnight. How long has this, have these things have been going on with this individual? Probably, I don't know for sure, is going to determine how long it's going to take them to go through any sort of therapy. You know, people think of psychiatry or psychiatrists to go talk to a psychiatrist is because you're crazy. Or people think you're crazy. Oh, I don't need to see a psychiatrist. I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. Right? So, you know, people, it's like, how do you talk to somebody, you know, and say to them, you know, let's get you some help. Let's get you to talk to somebody. And they just kind of like just take offense to it that you're thinking that they're crazy. Psychologists, psychiatrists. You know, we get to a point in our lives uh, sometimes, you know, and, and you know people. I mean, we don't, as we get older, and our bodies are changing, our our, our mind is changing. You know, at some point, we too may end up in a long term care home. And then, you know, what are, what are they thinking? What are they going through? At one point in time, you're able to take care of yourself. You took care of others. You took care of the family. You're able to do things on your own without any help from anybody and that day comes that now you're the one who needs to be taken care of and that stressors that they 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 get anxiety even depression. Just because we get older and our, our minds start to change and our bodies change like that, we're we're human beings. We're we're not we're no different than any than anything. could happen to any single one of us. You don't have to be old to be in a long term care centre neither. Something traumatic happens—a brain injury, a stroke. I mean, who said you can only have a stroke when you're when you're old? You can have a stroke in, in in middle age, young ages. Now you're unable to take care of yourself. A car accident. A spinal cord injury. Right now it becomes that your loved ones, you know, they don't have any ways or means to care for you. It doesn't necessarily mean you're old, you're going to a long-term care home because you need it. It can happen to any one of us. Can you tell the difference between a mental health myth and a fact? Mental health problems affect everybody. Mental health problems don't affect me. Fact is, mental health problems are actually very common. One in six young people experience a major depressive episode. Children don't experience mental health health problems. Fact is, even very young children may show early warning signs of mental health concerns. And these mental health problems are often clinically diagnosable. People with mental health problems are violent and unpredictable. In fact, the vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. And people with mental health issues um, are not violent and only 3% to 5% of violent acts can be attributed to individuals living with a serious mental health illness. In fact, people with severe mental illness are over 10 times more likely to be the victims of violent crimes than the general, pop- of the general population. And you probably know somebody with a mental health problem and don't even realize it because many people with mental health problems are highly active and productive members of our communities. People with mental health needs, even those who are managing their mental illness, cannot tolerate the stress of holding down a job. fact, people with mental health problems are just as productive as other employees. And employers who hire people with mental health problems report good attendance and punctuality as well as motivation. Good work and good job tenure on par with the greater than any other employees. Personality weakness or character flaws cause mental health problems. People with mental health problems can snap out of it if they try hard enough. Fact is, people with health mental health problems have nothing to do with being lazy or weak, and many people need help to get better. Many factors contribute to mental health problems biological factors life experiences such as trauma or history of abuse family history of mental health problems people with mental health problems can get better and many recover completely helping individuals with mental health problems There is no hope for people with mental health problems. Once a friend or family member develops mental health problems, he or she will never recover. The fact is, studies show that people with mental health problems get better and many recover completely. And recovery refers to the process in which people are able to live, work, work learn and participate in, in, in their communities they get to a level that where they are better at functioning and like they said in the other ones some people fully recover from it therapy and self-help are a waste of time why bother making you can, when you can just take a pill. Fact is, treatment for mental health problems varies depending on the individual and could include medication, therapy, or both. Many individuals work with a support, with a, with a support system during the healing and recovery process. I can't do anything for a person with a mental health problem. Friends and loved ones can make a big difference. In 2020, only 20% of adults received any mental health treatment in the past year, which includes 10% who received counseling or therapy from a professional. Friends and family can be an important influence to help someone get the treatment and services that they need. And by reaching out and letting them know that you're available to help. Learning and sharing the facts about mental health, especially if you hear something that isn't true. Learning and sharing facts about mental health. And what am I doing right now? I'm learning and sharing facts about mental health with you. Prevention doesn't work. It's impossible to prevent mental illness. Prevention of mental, emotional, and behavioral disorders focuses on addressing the known risk factors such as exposure to trauma that can affect the chances that the child or youth or the adults will develop mental health problems promoting the social emotional well-being of children use leads to higher overall productivity, better education outcomes, lower crime rates, stronger economies, lower health care costs, improved quality of life, increased lifespan, And improve family life. And of course. Improving their lives. This. You know. I can't. You know, and and I and I've said this before. I can't even pretend, or even can imagine. You know, people going through a lot of troubled times, and and you know things that they're dealing with, and and, and stuff like that. You know, pretend to know how they feel. You know, but is you know, but it, it, in your family when you know your parents and you know the situation and you know what has brought on the the anxiety and all the stressors and the sadness is because one the partner has passed away or the partner has now have to go live in a long-term care home. So we can in in that situation, we can we can relate to that because as a matter of fact, we're going through the same thing. The siblings, the children, you know, your parents, you, me, you know, our parents. And now that parent is going through that crisis. So we can understand and relate to that. People have anxiety, people have depression for many different reasons. And then factor in that they have also maybe have an addiction on top of mental health issues. We as human beings get stress. Nobody can say they've never been stressed about nothing. They cannot say I've never I've never had stress in my life. because we've all experienced some sort and some level of stress and it could just be stress from the job people get people you know people get stressed out because they're stuck in traffic But they potentially were already stressed. Something from from maybe from home, at work. It comes from somewhere, it starts somewhere. The trauma started somewhere. You know, I woke up this morning and it's like, "Eh, it's going to be a good day today. And then I get news that someone that, that we know had taken another fall. Well, that stressed me out. You know, it's it's, 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 you know, um, you know, sometimes I, I, think about, you know, I try to think about what I can control, I can control and what I can't. But even the things that I can't, the, the things that I can't control, obviously, they're the things that make you feel stress, even though you want you want to try to control it. And it's something that is just is not in your control. And we get stressed about it because we can't do anything about it. There's a book out there, you know, say don't, you know, sweat the small stuff. We get stressed over small stuff. The small stuff turning into bigger stuff. Or the bigger things happen. All different types of stressors out there. Abusive relationships. sexually abused traumatized from from maybe look at look at the look, you know the, the military post-traumatic stress disorder Back in World War One and World War Two, they had they had no idea what that was. They come up with some name called sh- uh, shell shock. They just never recover. Post traumatic stress disorder, and yes, it can be from war. Yes, it can be something very, uh, other things very traumatic, you know, and it can be from an injury. It can be an injury from a very serious car accident. Here in North America, you know, especially in Canada and, you know, the northern part of the United States and Europe and stuff like that, we get what you call snow and ice. And we get fog and all these things, pile ups on on our on our freeways. Really serious accidents and people who witness these sort of events could and, and do get post traumatic stress disorder. Because of what they experience and what they have witnessed. And we look at our emergency, our fire, our police, our paramedics, who rush into emergencies and the things that they deal with and the things that they see. and what they go through. You wonder how do they do this? How do they do their job every single day like this? How do they continue to do this? I don't know. And put, you know, the, the, or police officers. They're human beings, they, they experience everything that we experience. Look at our nurses today and throughout this pandemic, all the anxiety and, and the stress and the burnout that we're witnessing in our in, in, in our hospitals. And the shortages of staff that we're experiencing is really putting a strain on the healthcare and is putting more strain on the doctors and nurses who are still there and you know, you will have to pull off double shifts because we don't have the staff. We have emergency departments. You know, in smaller cities and rural areas, closing their emergency departments overnight because they just don't have the staff. And these people are going through some sort, some sort of a crisis. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? You called in, do you wanna talk to me or like like what do you Okay, that's fine. I know uh, some problems on his end. I don't think there's any problems on my end. Um, Okay, so anyways. Mental illness is something that we should talk about. as much as we possibly can with family and friends and co-workers I know we all have busy lives. I know we all have things to do but it's a conversation Like I said, she'll be discussed as much as possible. So I want to thank you for taking the time to come out here this evening here on the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. I want you to have a good week coming up. Have a safe week. And hopefully we can meet again. Of course, this coming weekend, this coming weekend is Canada's Thanksgiving, but I will be doing a um, morning show Saturday morning at 9.30. And then I will do. I'm going to do a morning show Sunday morning because generally a lot of people they they that's when you know uh, people have their Thanksgiving um, dinner. Yes, Monday is also a statutory holiday. Next, not this Monday, the tenth of I think. Yeah, is it the tenth or the eleventh? Can't remember exactly what date that is here. To look at my calendar so the Monday oh the Monday is the 10th so Monday is Thanksgiving Monday that is a statutory holiday so most people have you know here in Canada most people have their Thanksgiving dinner on the um the ninth so I'll, that's why I'll do a morning show Sunday morning and then I'll be off Monday as well so I can do another show Monday morning so, and that's good. I can, I can do three shows next week. So again, thank you for coming on the Truckers Podcast. I appreciate you. And without you, there would be no podcast. So enjoy the rest of your evening, Sunday evening. And enjoy your week. And we will get together again next Saturday morning at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.